Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to gym owners who are in the trenches, doing work, changing lives in their area. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guest, owner of Victory Performance in Folsom, California, Mr. Robert Gray. How are you doing today, sir? Doing good, Dominic. Thanks for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. Yes, sir. I appreciate having you on today. You're taking the time with us. Let's hop right into it. No time to spare on this thing. Let's talk about Victory and what you're all about. Cool. Sounds good. Give us the lowdown. Give us the the aspects of the business, who you are as a business, what you do, who you serve. Cool. So uh, Victory Performance is a class-based facility. Um, we we, we um, train both athletes and general population clients uh, under one roof. Um, I've been, uh, the, the business officially started with a brick and mortar in 2017, um, but I had been leasing space from other facilities uh, for about five years before that. Um, so I've been in fitness, um, athletic performance, strength and conditioning for about 10, 10 or 11 years now. Um, and so over that time, I've, I've generated a pretty good uh, word of mouth uh, reputation in, in our area. And, um, and that's allowed, uh, allowed me to kind of slowly build this, this uh, gym and the membership over time. Um, and now, you know, we train uh, some really highly competitive athletes, uh, not only in Folsom, but in the Sacramento, the greater Sacramento area. Um, and then also, like I said, general population people who are just trying to, you know, navigate their day-to-day lives a little bit better or, or even, you know, participate in, in recreational sports like, like I like to. So, um, so yeah, that's kind of, uh, the, the, the overview. Okay. All right. Sounds good. You got a, a little bit of I wouldn't say a little bit of everything. You're not, you're not really spread out. You have a couple of core offerings that you're, you're being, you know, doing your best to excel at. You picked your, your niches and what you do. Let's bring it back to when you decided to go full brick and mortar on your own. So you said that was 2017. What was the turning point for you? What was the thought process behind doing it? And what gave you that final push to get into this brick and mortar of your own? So, um, like I said, I'd been leasing space from other facilities for quite a while uh, at that point. And to be honest, I was pretty pleased and, and happy with, with how that was going. Um, but I, I knew that I was kind of outgrowing the, um, the space that the gym owner that I was with at the time was comfortable with me taking up, right? And how often I was taking up that space. Um, so, him and I got into a discussion about how we might be able to uh, expand the gym and kind of go into that um, as as partners, so to speak. Um, but ultimately, that didn't didn't end up working out. Uh, so the push was kind of I knew I needed to to expand. I knew I needed to get into some bigger space. And um, you know, I thought I had some uh, one agreement set up. That agreement kind of fell through. But it, in the you know, looking back on it, it was the best thing that could have happened um, because I needed I needed to get out of somebody else's roof and really start to flourish and grow the brand name of Victory Performance, get outside of this is just Robert Gray training people um, and really start to have a business um, that was separate from me personally, um, you know, and, and be able to 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 expand and grow. 
Um, so uh, I think really the, the biggest, you know, push was just outgrowing the space that I was in. And then just knowing that uh, I needed to take that step forward and really commit uh, to, a, to another level to growing my own business and, and having my own facility. All right. So sounds like there was, there's a lot of time spent thinking about that, figuring out what the path was going to be, who you were going to be, not only as a trainer, but as a business owner and how you were going to be able to make all those steps as an entrepreneur, right? If you're just a trainer with a brand that's attached to you, it's fragile in that you can't expand. If you go out of it now, now things are a little bit weaker. So you have that foresight to know, I want to be in it and I want to train. I want to be doing what I love, but I can't have it all hinge on me. So you open a spot up, you had some established clientele from where you were. So what did it look like when you opened um, as far as what kind of following did you have? How many people did you, did you start off with? And, and were you comfortable right away? Uh, what did it look like when you first opened those doors based on who you had for established clientele and where you needed to be? Um, so first I'll just start off with like comfortable is kind of like a, you know, funny term with, <laughs> with being a business owner, right. It's like, I mean, looking back on it with the, you know, now I'm in a bigger space. So my monthly overheads a bit higher when I look back on it, like, yeah, I was pretty comfortable in that, in that first smaller spot, you know, as far as like the cash flow that was happening, that was going on, um, with the facility because I already had th that membership that you mentioned. So, um, I had, I had maybe 10 general population clients that came over with me. Um, but then at that time, I, I had been approached right around the same time I was signing my lease. Uh, I'd been approached by a physical therapist in the area who was trying to look for a strength and conditioning coach to work with a, the competitive swim team that her daughters were on. Um, so she approached me about that. And that was going to be 30 swimmers off the bat, like the second we started, it was going to be 30, 30 uh, um, swimming athletes in the gym uh, twice a week um, for each of them. So I knew I kind of had that, but then also our athlete stuff uh, at the time, you know, we, we were running, uh, we run in like camps throughout the year. So we do like 10 week camps uh, four times a year for our athlete program uh, uh, rather than like a month to month thing. So with the, that camp, the first camp we had, once I, once I moved to that new spot, we had our highest, uh, our highest enrollment yet uh, in that first camp. Um, so we had like 60 athletes sign up, uh, high school and middle school athletes um, for our summer camp uh, that first year. So that was a pretty big, pretty, pretty big deal for us to, to get that huge growth and that was by far the, the most we had signed up for for a camp up to that point so um that 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 big growth really helped us out and and allowed um allowed me to feel some of that comfort that you mentioned you know it was like all right i can do this i know people believe in it um and and um you know just trying to take that first step of like all right we we made it through the first year right um and so uh, I think, um, you know, when, when I was in the moment, I thought I was taking a big risk, but after talking to some, you know, some people around me and some, um, people I trust, it, it seemed like it wasn't actually that big of a risk, um, because I had already grown so much 
before before taking that that leap into my own facility. Cool, cool. So in your especially in the sports performance thing, the the you know, training, working with athletes, stuff like that. Um, it's great to have those connections, right? Somebody who wants you to to do camps or work with teams and things like that. It's really hard, or it sounds like it from the the gym owners that I've talked to in the space, it's hard to advertise that. You can't really advertise on social media to kids. It's it's hard to to attract in that way. So has all the growth that you've had into where you are now and still having so many athletes in your training, has it all been word of mouth, referrals, you know, pe people on one team, referring people to other things? Like, have you been able to grow it really like on demand or has everything been just, I have to put out the best product and, and just know that people are gonna talk about me? Um, so in the first, you know, five years that I was doing this, it was a hundred percent word of mouth, mm -hmm. like a hundred percent. But part of that was also that I was volunteering time coaching for a local uh, um, football program mm -hmm. uh, that was highly successful um, within our state. Uh, so the, the time being spent out there really, really lent itself well to parents being comfortable with me interacting with their kids on a regular basis um at which point that kind of opened the floodgates to you know to bring a ton of athletes in the in the facility once i opened my own my own space i did start to transition to a bit more of um like you know email email marketing and then social media marketing i've actually had a, a fair amount of success uh with social media marketing in my area um you know and just kind of doing certain ads for the parents that you know parents of the athletes and then certain ads that are kind of more for the kids you know that kind of just look cool um and are less on like the uh you know the the in-depth details of, of what we're doing um and more of just like look how cool it is here look how fun it is here um that type of stuff so uh the majority of my marketing, though, I would say has been um, word of mouth and then the email, you know, email marketing and, and social media stuff. Uh, I've, I've, you know, I've reached out to different programs and stuff like that, um, but we don't do a ton of, of um, other marketing outside of that. We'll sponsor programs and stuff from here or there. We'll, we'll donate stuff to, um, to, you know, like silent auctions and charity stuff that's going on around town. Um, but I still would say that the primary way we get clients is people talking about us. All right. You know? So you, you've grown that mostly, and it's great that you were able to figure out a way because it's, it's hard. It's a hard thing to navigate, you know, paid ads, social media ads, different things, different ways that you can get, uh, especially like you said, you got to make it look completely different for parents than for kids, but you've put some time into that and haven't just relied on you know, yeah, your hard work pays off. You you get out there, you volunteer. I'm sure you get more out of the volunteering than just bringing clients in. It sounds like it's something that you just really care about. So you have these different channels coming in. So that feeds, you know, that athlete, that training base, the more people you have, the more referrals. Um, have you ever run into any major roadblocks as you're developing that and growing it? Or has it most, it's never going to be really smooth in the business world. Has it mostly been, the more I put in, the more I help, the more people I can get up to whatever my capacity is. 
Well, I think the, the roadblock that I've run into is like, all right, now I've grown the gym to this size. Uh, I can't go out and volunteer anymore, right? Unless I get more coaches and more, uh, you know, more people, uh, em employees here taking care of the things that I've normally done, um, mm -hmm. right? And so for a long time, it's been, I've been the janitor. I've been the, you know, the front desk person. I've been the, the you know, office manager, the coach, you know, so doing all those things. And that was doable when the facility was smaller, when I didn't have as many members, um, when I didn't have as, when I didn't have kids, um, you know, like uh, all that stuff was a bit simpler to do and I had a little bit more energy to do it. Um, but now, you know, I, I think, I think the biggest roadblock is just now coming up to, I got to bring on employees. How does this impact you know, my, my monthly overhead, how does this change the prices that I'm charging my members? Um, if, if at all, um, you know, and, and just considering those things and, and is it currently at a point where it's scalable or do I need to change some things around to allow for that scaling to continue? Um, you know, I think I've pretty much tapped out how much I can grow, uh, um, you know, on my own or just with a, one other part-time coach. Um, and so, uh, like I mentioned before we started recording, um, you know, the gym has been in a bit of a transition um, in over the past year. I, I mean, we were ready to make that transition prior to COVID, but then COVID hit and, and you know, it, it just pushes the pause button. Um, as I'm sure plenty of the people who listen to this would, would relate to. So, um, you know, we're, I'm, I'm looking to navigate that roadblock currently, and hopefully I can get on the other side of that um, sooner than later. Right. And, and part of what we talked about was one of the things that you're finding as, as you progress, you age as, you know, as somebody who's been athletic for a long time and works on it, you're starting to find that you can relate more to, you know, aging population or people who, you know, who, who bodies have been through a lot or aren't looking to be peak athletic performers anymore that still need general fitness. So can we talk a little bit about how, how that started to come to you and how you're starting to look towards how you can serve that client base, that avatar to the same level of excellence that you, you've built your business on, on the athletic performance side? Yeah, so um, I I competed in CrossFit competitively for a while, and kind of towards the end of of that CrossFit competitive time, I, I wouldn't call it a career. That's probably overstating it. Uh, but uh, in that time, you know, I, the the last major um, competition that I that I went to was going to be regionals for the California region. And anyways, I tore my shoulder training for that and in preparation for that. And so that experience of recovering from that injury um, as an adult now, because I I had had surgery on my knee when I was younger. And, you know, when you're a kid, something bad happens. It, it You know, you, you have the surgery and you don't really think about it. You don't consider all the all the things that go into that. You know, it just kind of is what it is. You just keep it pushing as a kid. But as an adult, I started to kind of, sense my mortality a little bit more i guess of like oh geez if that happened at that one time so easily what else could happen or what else could go wrong and i never really had those feelings before and so i couldn't relate to some of my clients 
prior to that injury who had those types of feelings of like, uh, that's that that probably that looks like an injury waiting to happen for me. So I'm probably going to not do that. Um, I never really had those types of thoughts, you know. And so I wasn't super old. I was 27 when I had the surgery, uh, maybe 26. But I was just in a different stage, you know. I was getting married. I knew I was having kids, and and I just started to think about these things a little bit different. And and I experienced the recovery a little bit different. Took took a while, you know. I, I even even that that following year, when I did finally get to go back to to regionals with my, with the team that I was on, I still was nursing it a little bit, you know, still a little hesitant. And that, like I said, it was just an experience I didn't have before. And and you know kind of fast forward four years five years from now or from then uh i'm 31 now and sitting here in this chair my back is aching you know like i got i want to go stretch like you know i'm thinking about like I, those are things i just couldn't relate to my clients about before and now you know i can i can look a client in the eye and be like hey i know what it, i know what you mean like after sitting down for an hour my back starts to get tight too and i got to go do these stretches and i got to make sure i'm on my warm-ups and cool downs the same way you do um, and so I think being able to relate to those people, uh, or that population a little bit more genuinely, um, I think that will allow, allow victory performance to, to work into that other market a little bit more effectively. Um, you know, even as I have, even if I have younger coaches coming in to help, um, train those classes. I can at least be um, the the person kind of setting the the tone or the perspective for those coaches, so they can try to relate a little bit better um, to to the clientele. So just really leveraging your personal experience, your journey, to the extent that you can relate to it, um, showing your trainers that way, showing them that there's there's other opportunities, there's more people that you can help. And then expanding, and it, it does also expand the range, expands the market for you. It makes it so that there's another dimension to the business. Right. As you're in this transition period, um, it sounds like you have your, your eyes open. You realize that you're going to have to train staff a little bit differently or, or shift their thought process. So it sounds like it's really just a matter of putting those pieces in place as you go through this transition and then you'll be ready to kind of open your doors and, and open your arms to that pop population yeah. and really be a, a two-headed monster in the space. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I think also just um, being able to clearly define what it is that, what is the goal of our program? Like that differentiates us from our, you know, our competitors in the area. Um, every gym is kind of, kind of, you know, tell you that you're going to get in better shape and that you, you know, this program's the right one for you and, and all those things. And, and I think as I've kind of navigated this, these experiences of just getting a little older, feeling a little bit different um, in my body, uh, it, it's, um, you know, it's just going to allow, allow us to connect better and to just, you know, provide, provide for them a little bit more. So, um, you know, it, it's, uh, it, for me, you know, as a, as a, uh, just as a person, like I, I'm always trying to be as genuine as I can with the experiences that I'm conveying to my, to whoever it is that I'm, you know, talking to. And so I have trouble, you know, 
um, kind of talking about things that, you know, in a, in a disingenuous way. And so when someone's telling me about their back pain prior to my own back pain, like I was like, oh, you know, I hear you. I don't really, I can't really like relate to it, but I hear you and I hear that it's a bummer. Uh, but I can't really speak to the, the, the feelings that you're experiencing, you know, and now I, I just can, and I can look at those people a little bit more in their eye and tell them like, I know what this is and, and um, I can relate to how you're feeling and, and let's talk about strategies to improve. Um, and so, you know, just always trying to differentiate and, and uh, come up with, with ways to, to make people believe that what we're doing is the best thing for them. Right. And it sounds like for you, that starts with you believing that, and it has to be based on your confidence, the program you built and knowing like, Hey, I'm not going to go out and quote, sell this to somebody. If I don't know that I, that I can deliver it the way that I want to, right. The standards are high. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, like our, our athletes pro programs, there's clearly defined goals, you know, um, like, uh, for each athlete, it, it, the specifics of them might be slightly different, but it's, I want to improve my athletic performance, right. And, and improve my potential. That's not necessarily the same for general population people. So coming up, figuring out a way that, um, that we could, you know, convey to them, like, these are the specific outcomes that, that you're going to get uh, as a result of participating in this program. Plus, will also help you get closer to your personal individual goals as well, you know? And so the, the kind of outcomes that we have really narrowed down our, our general population program uh, to be focused on is improving long-term function um, in and out of the gym. And that function is just related to whatever you like to do outside of the gym, right? Whether that's daily activities or it's, like I said earlier, like participating in recreation, uh, recreational sports. Um, so that's number one is improving function. The second is, um, you know, reducing long-term chronic joint pain and improving joint resiliency. And ultimately, the reason that I came down to those two main focuses or those two main outcomes is that those will lead for the vast majority of people will lead to consistent consistency in training and consistently showing up to our program. Right. And that's valuable to the to the clients because consistency is the number one factor, in my opinion, in people achieving their goals. But that's valuable to us as, as, a, as a business, because people showing up consistently is obviously a positive thing um, for a service based facility. Right. Um, big box gyms, they they're, they're not as locked in on you showing up, you know, like they're OK if you just want to pay the 50 bucks a month. Uh, and, and not use the facility, but those aren't necessarily as service-based as our facility is, right? Like we're providing a service every time you come in. You are being led through a class by a coach at 24 Cal Fit. Uh, Cal Fit's like a box gym here in California. Um, you know, uh, um, those places you walk in, you work out on your own, right? And so they're not quite as locked in on you being consistent. For us, it's a priority. You know, if you're not here consistently, then you're potentially going to leave. Um, and so we we prioritize in our programming and in our coaching, trying to make, you know, trying to um, get those roadblocks out of the way for, that would prevent someone from being consistent. Got it. So you have you have this core offering that you've been working on for years. 
you have this other transition, this other offering that you're working on presenting. And I, I hate to even ask this at this point because you have a, you have a lot on your plate, but I'm always, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask about other services that you may offer or may consider offering. And that always looks like nutrition coaching, supplement sales, apparel, online coaching. Are any of those things, things that you offer now or down the road intend to or want to? Yeah, so we, we have apparel. Uh, we have like an apparel site. We uh, have teamed up with this company in the Bay Area. Um, I think it's called Thrive Fitness um, is the, the name. Thrive Fitness or um, they, they have a, a, another name as well. But anyways, they, um, they started out as doing like supplement stuff for small gyms like us. And you could like put your own personal branding on the logo. Um, and so it looked like your gym was selling some type of protein or whatever. Um, I did that for a little bit, kind of got away from it because I didn't want to have to, uh, honestly, I didn't want to worry about the accounting side of it, uh, like was turning over very minimal amounts of protein and it was just creating far more work than it was, than was valuable. Um, and honestly, I wasn't into selling protein. Like I wasn't trying to talk to people about why this one was better than that or whatever. It, it didn't, it wasn't that important to me. But they did start to offer branded apparel. And so we have a site that they they operate um, and it's just a link to our website and people can order um, order through that site. I never touch any of it. And it's a very simple, straightforward process um, where I get you know some percentage off of each sale um, and pay you know a monthly fee for the website. Um, so we have that and that's worked out really great because, like you said, I have a lot of other things going on and managing the apparel and the, the accounting for it on the back end was just not something that I was prepared to take on. So this was a great solution. Um, you mentioned online coaching. The, the newest uh, coach that I just hired, he actually has a side online coaching business. And that's a, one of the reasons why I wanted to hire him is I, I liked that he had that background and, and wanted to... Um, try to allow him to do that through our facility and generate some type of, of uh, membership in that way, whether it be, um, you know, like personal training or it's just like selling, um, you know, canned programs that people can, can um, purchase from our site. So those are two things that we've talked about um, and, and are looking to, to um, implement um, sometime in 2022, but uh, yeah, it's definitely, kind of pushed out a little bit. The one other thing that I didn't mention was that I'm actually sitting in our recovery lounge right now. So we offer, um, we offer uh, the hyper or the, the Normatec recovery system. So we have like the legs, the arms and the hips. We have uh, some of their other products uh, through hyper ice, like their venom line of stuff, which is heat and vibration um, wraps. Uh, and those are, have been extremely beneficial um, for our swimmers, for our general population people, um, and just like helping people navigate different, um, tweaks or injuries and stuff like that. So we have the recovery lounge. This is something that we are trying to, to push to not only our athletes, but our general population people. Um, and surprisingly enough, and I don't know if surprising is the right word, but it wasn't something I was anticipating is the, the like older population, you know, let's just say 55 and up are really digging it. 
um, and and like the way they feel after using the Normatex or like the way they feel after using the the um, the back wrap or the shoulder wrap, uh, you know, with the heat and vibration. So um, that's another aspect of our facility that, you know, is kind of great because it doesn't require much um, on my end as far as like upkeep or management. It's just people sign up for the membership. They, they you know, um, reserve their time and that's pretty much it, you know. Um, so it's been a nice addition to the to the facility. And is that something that's a la carte? Is it an additional charge or is it just something people get with their memberships with you? Well, um, it is a, a, a separate membership, right? That people can purchase in addition to their training membership or uh, separate from their training membership. You don't have to be a member here to use it. That said, um, if I have a member in class who presents a, an issue that I think would be solved by some of the stuff that we have in here. We'll take we'll take time out of the class for them to to use some of the stuff, right? So um, you know, uh, maybe three or four months ago, I had a guy um, roll his ankle doing some something on the agility ladder, and you know, just a minor little roll. Didn't he just wasn't really? Uh, it, it was moderately painful, no swelling could walk on it, blah, 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 right? So not something where we felt like he immediately needed to go get medical attention. So after talking it over, I said, all right, well, let's go get on the Normatex. Let's get you on there and, and let's just see what happens. You know, the low compression, low blood flow, let's see how it helps. And the guy thought that, you know, he'd probably be nursing that that ankle for two, three weeks, you know, the basketball player, basketball coach. So wasn't super psyched on the fact that his ankle was just rolled. Um, and so... We did those Norma techs, did a couple other things here and there, and he was back running within like four days. Um, and so just those little, uh, uh, I guess, kind of to answer your question, I do allow people to use it during class time and don't just require the, the, the training or the, the recovery membership. Um, you know, partially because the recovery membership is like a third of the training membership. So if you want to use your class time, to use the Normatex, I, I guess that's your choice, you know? So, uh, so yeah, that's to answer that. So it's available as an add-on, but on a kind of as needed as directed basis, mm. you're going to, you're not going to shy away from it. Like you said, somebody's already paying They're not overlapping, right? They're not right. double dipping it. Mm -hmm. So that that's where you, you know, you, a little bit of paying attention is like, oh yeah, this, like you said, it's fine. Like you're, you're doing a lower, a lower cost thing. Yeah. And yeah. Okay. Sure. Right. Yeah. It's like if somebody, somebody pays for a Starbucks and they would just ask for a, a cup of water. All yeah. right. If that's what you want. Yeah. Yeah. 425. You know? Yeah. Exactly, right. We'll write your name on the cup. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, but I, I think it's also works as a, as a nice way to get people in there, you know, and just kind of see the benefits um, when they're at a time of need. You know, instead of just like, here, here's something you don't really need it right now, or you're not really going to feel it to the fullest effects right now, but uh, try it anyways. Like, this is like, hey, this can really be valuable for you. Um, so, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So we have an idea of who you are, what you're doing, you know, one of your big projects and undertaking. But if we can zoom out and look big picture, you know, one of the, the places that I always like to go and, and as we wind down with time is 
aside from just adding another dimension to the training, what's your what's your long term view of of the facility? What your role is going to be in it? Where you are as an entrepreneur? You know, if we fast forward five years into Robert's perfect world, what do things look like? Uh, well, I I definitely am trying to step away from coaching quite as much. Uh, I also am an adjunct professor at the college here in town. Um, so I think in a perfect world, um, in five years, the gym would be closer to being self self running and self sustaining. Um, and I'm you know present, but maybe not coaching uh, the the largest percentage of, of classes. Um, and then, um, you know, I've got maybe a little bit more involvement at the college uh, at that time down the road as well. Um, so I think in a perfect world, you know, we're either still in this current facility, um, which is, you know, about 3,500 square feet, or we're in a, another facility right across the street um, that I've kind of got my eyes on that's maybe a little bit bigger. Um, but time will tell on that front. You know, I think... Um, uh, we, we really have got some work to do on the general population side to fill out this membership to allow us to make some of those moves. So, um, uh, you know, in five years, I think, I think a, a perfect situation would, I'm a full-time professor at the college. I'm, I have this business that is self-sustaining and that I am still involved in, but maybe not on the day-to-day uh, operations. Maybe it's more on the education side for the for the members or for the the, the coaches and the members, um, and and trying to expand on that side of of things uh, uh, as far as like providing education to coaches and um, and trainers alike. So really, just between the teaching and expanding what you're doing with the facility, it sounds like all of your goals revolve around how many people's lives can I touch? How much impact can I have? How much, how much can I spread Robert out into the world and in what you have and what you, what you believe in with the highest degree of quality? Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I appreciate that, that, uh, you know, recognition of quality being so important. I, 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 you know, I'm not great at a lot of things, but I think I'm, I'm pretty good at this. And, um, and I think that maintaining the highest level of quality in the programming and the coaching um, and in the teaching is a number one for me. Um, and, and, it, and that it comes from a genuine place of interest in the subject matter, but also interest in caring for the individual that, that's in front of me um, who has given me the opportunity to help them. Um, without that opportunity, you know, there isn't much for me to do other than go to another set of bicep curls. So, you know, um, there's some value in that. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, but you know, so there's, you know, I just, um, I think in this specific field or in this specific subject matter, I feel like that, that I can help be of benefit to people. And so, like you said, the, the more areas of the fitness industry and the health and fitness strength and conditioning whole realm um, that I can get involved in, um, you know, I, I think that's kind of a something that I'm that I'm intrigued by, you know, so going down the teaching path, going down the presenting path, you know, and, and um, developing continued education for other coaches and, and new coaches coming up um, is definitely something I have my eye on. All the man wants to do is teach. 
<laughs> Robert, my last question for you before, we, before we're out of time here today is, if you could go back to a, a critical point in your career, whether it's when you opened this facility, whether it's when you decided that being a trainer, being a teacher was for you, if there's a point that you could pick and tell yourself one thing, when do you think it would be and, and what do you think it would be that would have been the most impactful for you to know earlier on? Huh. Um, well, I guess there's there's a couple of different times that come to mind, but I'll just say, you know, the thing that was the scariest was signing that first lease. You know, up until that point, I'd never I'd never written a check for four thousand dollars. So, you know, my hand was shaking signing the lease. My hand was shaking, writing the check. Um, and to me, I thought that was like all the money in the world to a certain degree, you know, in, in this scenario, I, I never made an investment of that, that to that level in myself um, and in the business. And um, I think if, if I had one thing that I could tell myself in that moment, it would probably be like, dude, this ain't that much money. You're going to be all right. <laughs> you know, like you're going to be all right. You, your anxiety around it is probably a good indication that you're going to do the work necessary, um, you know, and, and your concern and your contemplation around this, um, this new endeavor is, is probably a positive thing that's going to lead to you doing what needs to be done. Um, and so, uh, you know, while it was probably a good thing that I felt uncomfortable and felt like I was in the hot seat in the moment, um, you know, it, I think, I think being able to know, like, just a better, a better idea of the risk that I was taking, you know, because potentially maybe I would have taken a bigger one, you know, if I would have known that, hey, this one isn't, you're not really overstretching here, you're kind of playing it safe, like, maybe we can push this a little bit more to start out. Um, and I think I realized that over the two years that I was in that in that space, and that kind of allowed me to have the confidence to jump up to this new space, you know. And this one had me sign in a twelve thousand dollar check, which was you know no less uh, anxiety, you know, driving. But um, it, you know, I, I had I had the the familiarity with the situation and just kind of the confidence that uh, I was going to do what needed to be done. Right. So I think um, if I could if I could wrap that up, I would say what you've gained is a sense of scale versus your abilities. You know, twelve thousand dollars versus where you are now is probably even less than four thousand was versus where you were. So know what the scale is. This is this is what my skill set is. This is where my work ethic is. This is where my passion is. If it doesn't all add up, hell yeah, that's a lot of money but know where you are know what the sense of scale is and then make the jump if you if you know that you have those components yeah yeah for sure perfect last question before we let you go sir where can people find you online website social media anything that you want to throw out there now's the time cool uh yes yeah, so you guys can find us at uh at victory performance sc on instagram and facebook um, and then our, our um, website is bpsc.fit, F-I-T. Um, and yeah, just keep following uh, or follow those pages if you, if you uh, would like. And uh, the plan is to, to start putting out some more education 
educational based things on those those platforms in the future. So um, hopefully some of your listeners follow the page and, and can get some benefit out of out of those those things that we provide. Absolutely. And I'm sure that they've all gotten some benefit out of this conversation. Robert, I appreciate your time. Thank you for being with us today. Dominic, thanks for having me, man. I appreciate the opportunity. And uh, and yeah, thanks again. You're welcome. And to everybody out there listening, as always, we appreciate your time. We thank you for spending part of your day with us. We hope you found value. Hope you found inspiration in this episode. If you want to hear more, click the link in the description, uh, subscribe button, hit that. We'll notify you when, when new episodes drop. If you want to be on the show, there's a link for that. Fill out the form. We love to hear about your story, your entrepreneurial journey, what drives you to keep doing what you do. To everybody out there in Jim Ward's nation, keep working hard, keep changing lives, keep kicking ass. Jim Ward's out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners who are in the trenches and learn more about their business and business knowledge as a whole. I'm your host, Ryan Carson, and today we're here with Peter Martin. Peter, how's it going, man? It's going great. Yeah, thank you for being on the show today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So let's kind of go ahead and get right into this. So what is the name of your facility and where are you guys located at? Uh, Downing's Gym. We're in Corvallis, Oregon, home of Oregon State Beavers. Okay. Awesome, man. And how long have you guys been in business? Well, the gym opened in 1983 from Pat Downing. Um, he was huge into Olympic lifting. Uh, he actually had uh, uh, people who were in the Olympics training here. And then he started the NPC in the whole West Coast. Nice. So that was more his his niche and then we purchased it in february of 11 february 1st of 11. okay awesome man and so i'm always curious like what what is it that made you decide that you were wanting to be a gym owner um well for me growing up always lifting playing college ball always been involved in powerlifting. i've also always worked for myself um some lifetime you know uh uh life stuff happened and I was able to basically pick this up for pretty close to nothing and it was just a great opportunity okay all right that, that's pretty awesome so did you were you always wanting to be a gym owner or did, did, did it just kind of present itself to you and you're like ah, let's just do it well I've always wanted to be a gym owner but it, it just happened at the right time when uh uh you know the problems with all the real estate in the early 2000s and things like that so right yeah that, that, about. that's so true man and so like um as far as like the the layout of your gym like kind of give me a rundown of like what you know what the uh, business model is and kind of like what you guys offer there well we're ten thousand feet um my thing is it's hard to be just a niche gym anymore 
You yeah. can't just specifically go after bodybuilders or powerlifters and everything. So we encompass everything. We have, you know, your pin machines for that's what I call them, which, you know, biomechanically is on one plane of motion and that kind of stuff. Yeah. For, for the older people, we have cardio, we have um, lots of hammer strength, lots of dumbbells. Um, I pride myself in free weights, all the specialty bars, Olympic lifting area. Then I have a room where I call it the multi-purpose where you can do all your CrossFit hit stuff, cardio stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I have another room that's for people who, uh, uh, you know, don't want to be on the main floor type thing. That's a little quieter, have a little sauna in there for people cutting. Then I have my strongman stuff to go out back. So I try to do the whole encompass. So we can cater to everyone that walks in the door and same with our training. We train from people that are coming off injuries or health problems to top elite athletes, which we have a lot of elite power lifters here and a couple, and we have the top uh, 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 ranked Olympic lifters in light and heavyweight Okay, as well. Awesome, man. Yeah. And that's, that's pretty interesting that, um, you know, when you said, basically you know you you've kind of it's to do the niche thing right like a facility that size you know it's it's just not a it's not possible these days you know unless you're i mean unless you have you know a smaller facility so and i think that's one thing that a lot of gym owners myself included that's one lesson that you kind of learn the hard way in the beginning you know because when you look at everything like you think of all these bodybuilders all these power lifters and yeah you may get a good pull but then you're just kind of like wow like this is not enough to pay the bills. So no. then you have to go after everybody else. Right. And usually a lot of those groups, not that they're demanding, but they need more, you know, stuff to, so they can reach their goals as well too. Yeah. So, so if you have a smaller gym and you have a lot of those lifters, they're um, going to want to, tie up machines or use machines however we put it more so than others yeah so not that not that we don't cater to them luckily we have multiple multiple machines that could do multiple things you know and i buy a lot of specialty stuff like you have to have your bot you know your um uh, uh belt squat one of the best things i think there's out oh, yeah. there, you know and, and other specialty things like that for power lifting Mm -hmm. bands and chains and all that kind of stuff as well for everyone and all the specialty bars now are important to have so you know if you go too much of a niche there is a huge you keep having to uh, uh purchase things to keep up with the latest and greatest mm -hmm. as well too mm -hmm. and then the other thing too if you have a power lifting gym that a lot of people don't think are a heavy lifting gym you have to have enough weight you know, yeah. and have enough 45s and everything else. If, if you don't, it might not have enough for the rest of the, the gym. So, and especially the price of steel right now. Yeah, man. You know, so, yeah, that's crazy. That's a good point too. That's one thing that you don't really think about, or I didn't think about in the beginning. Um, luckily we, you know, we, we had enough, but you know, when you see, you know, if you have two people, you know, deadlifting, like two guys on the platform and then somebody's, you know, squatting, then, you know, that's going to take up quite a bit of your plates. Right well, I, I have 9045s plus a bunch of bumper plus hundreds, you know, and there's times that we run out of plates here. Yeah. 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 yeah it, it's funny because whenever you order the stuff, like you, or you see it, you're like, there's no way 
you know, but then it's like, I mean, reality kind of sets in. You're like, man, so yeah, we can, we're kind of running out here. And then the other thing that you find, I don't know for you, you know, a lot of the heavy lifters and stuff don't always think about things ahead. So you do get bent bars and everything else. And that's a cost mm -hmm. as well. You know, and a, a lot of the kids, they don't have money to replace it. So you have to make sure your equipment is being watched. And, and like, for me, I check out my specialty bars to my guys that train on the teams, you know, yeah. the, the squad, I just don't have those on the floor. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 Some of those special, yeah, we've kind of done the same thing is, you know, we have some of them like put, put behind a curtain. Right. You know? I'm talking more like your squat bar and your deadlift, yeah. you know, bars, the rest of it is out there. So, yeah. Yeah. Same here. Because, you know, one thing I found is, like you said, a lot of people there, I mean, especially the younger ones or someone maybe that's not been in it for a while, they, they really, they really don't know the usages for all the bars. And I don't think any of it's ever been intentional on our end, you know, but they've, they've definitely, you know, I don't know how many we've replaced in the beginning from like people doing rack pulls and, Oh yeah. I don't allow the rack pulls, you know, they, we have different, you know, I've got the blocks and other shorter stanchions to pull off of. Oh yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, for sure. And so as far as like what you guys do right now to get more people in the door, uh, what is your main, um, main advert? I mean, like basically like advertising marketing, what's your main strategy right now? Well, well for us, you know, luckily, um, every term at Oregon State, we're getting a group of kids in, you know, mm -hmm. so, so I don't know how many or uh, uh, each term that's going to walk through the door. Plus, you know, the ROTC comes back. So we do have our core niche, which has been difficult now with COVID, you know, yeah. a lot of the older people and whatnot, because Oregon, we won't even get in how Oregon's handling COVID. It's a whole it's something else. So, so, um, luckily if I didn't have OSU here, I, I would be struggling and every term, you know, I'll get, you know, back this, this term that showed up, you know, I'll get about 150 kids sign up, you know, mm -hmm. the next term I may lose some and lose some, and we average between four and 500 members. Mm -hmm. So it just depends on the term. And then, then I take like silver, which is very important for every gym. If you're out there, take the silver and fit and take the active and all these supplemental insurance that are coming up mm -hmm. and pay for people, you know, even though it's not maybe your regular payment, but they're going to pay for these people and, and that also attract. And I don't think enough gym owners know about these programs and take, take advantage of them. Yeah, that's true. Because I probably have a hundred people on, on that. And it's not just elderly now, pretty much every insurance company is offering some kind of uh, uh, incentive to work out because healthier people, less strain on the insurance company and things like right. that. Yeah. So, I don't think enough people, they need to look into that. Yeah, that's true. And I think uh, some of the other like people that I've talked to, um, you know, on podcasts or just other gym owners in person, I think they, they think it's a good idea. And then they, they get overwhelmed with some of the paperwork, it's, which really, it, it's not that bad. You just have to sit down and do it. You know, it's not a big deal. See, I don't do it all the same way. I do it the easiest they do. Minor clicks, like, for people, how many they, time they came, I don't send in all the forms. I do it the old way. And then the other ones, you just put in usages and click the button and they, you know, mm -hmm. ACH it right in your account. 
Yeah. So, so it's not as difficult as people think. Yeah, exactly. So, unless, unless you're not able to improve how much insurance you have, you yeah. know, they want the $2 million policies and all that. So yeah. that may be a problem for people uh, insured. Now we'll get into insurance too. I don't know if you want to get into that. You know, if you're going to have a lifting gym and people move in big weight, you better not worry about liability. And, and, and you'll find that I have found over the years, it's the person that doesn't know how to lift and walks in the door. That's the one going to sue you. It's mm -hmm. not people who lift heavy know the risk. Yeah. 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 So, that's a good point. Yeah. We've had, yeah. And that's, you know, I think over, you know, the one or two instances that we've had have been, you know, exactly what you described, but you know, our heavy lift, you know, we've had torn biceps, torn pecs, you sure. know, smashed fingers, you know, yeah calluses ripped up blood everywhere you know it's just like ah you know right right when peck is like yeah well, i'll be back you know to, to do legs you know <laughs> oh, stuff yeah. like that pretty much so yeah definitely good stuff right there so um i saw that you guys um you offer uh group training and stuff like that so is that kind of like what happens like in your hit hit area well well the thing is we're I have found gyms maybe like yours and lifting gyms, not per se, even though we're the wide spectrum, most people are self-starters and self-motivated. Mm -hmm. They don't need to be like an orange theory that comes in and they have to do their little thing and be told what to do when they like that class setting. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we do do like my wife does group with, with training of people. We mm -hmm. do some of that with our teams, but individual classes over the years that I've tried, they, they, they don't always work for us mm -hmm. just because the people that we have here know what they're somewhat what they're doing otherwise yeah. we'll ask for some training and and for us you know i'm not all about you come through the door uh uh and you just tell people if people ask we're going to help them and everything else because we want them to to come here and that's the other thing i'll make sure if you're squatting here and you're just coming you're not going to leave our gym without knowing how to squat properly you're going to get to depth so when you go other places i'll say where'd you learn to lift and everything else so that's one thing about us. We make sure people learn correctly how, how to lift. And I, I get a lot of kids that graduate from kinesiology at Oregon State or even get their master's and they don't know how to lift. It's all, you know, it's, it's all the science and then safety and everything else. And they'll ask me and I'm, and I'm like, you just paid thousands of dollars, tens of thousands, and you want me to teach you how to lift here. Yeah. So... Yeah. And that, that's a good point. And it's like, and you still don't have a job either. You know? No, no. So. You know, and, and unfortunately they just give away these PT to anyone. You pay your four or 500 bucks and now you're a personal trainer. Yeah. Or, or you've done three powerlifting meets and all of a sudden you're a coach. Yeah. You know? So Same bodybuilding shows. Yeah. Like, yeah. Does one show and it's like, you know, they're this prep, you know, guru all of a sudden, you know, and not that I'm putting those people down. Oh yeah. It's just, it's just, uh, uh, knowledge, you know, you've obviously been in the business a long time. I've been powerlifting since late eighties, you know, but unfortunately kids nowadays, and I don't mean to say this younger people, mm -hmm. people, you know, don't look at people with years of experience as much to learn from. They just look at, Oh, this guy's lifting heavy. 
you know, yeah. let's follow him, follow him. I, I think we've gotten away from that a little uh, uh, because of all the hype of social media. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Now, yeah. with your personal trainers right now, um, how many do you have on staff? Well, my wife and I will train a, a lot of people, depending on how busy I am, but she, she does quite a bit. Then I have Kyle, who's been with me over 10 years. Oh, he cool. trains a lot in the morning. Oh, I'm blessed to have Kyle. Yeah. Uh, 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 he trains a lot of people in the morning. He's also our Olympic lifting coach. Then I have some other kids that I've trained that help also. Mm -hmm. so, so at the same time, especially with with covid and not going on and everything going up we're getting back into a lot of the one-on-one -on -one stuff too just yeah. because i'm sure everything's going up for you there too yeah it is, it is. you know astronomically yeah so we, we all got to figure out how to also cut some cost as a gym owner and unfortunately that means we might have to start working hours because when cindy and i bought the place 11 years ago we had kyle her and i for about six years and we worked all the hours to get on its feet mm -hmm. and, and luckily the last five it's gotten better and better and with the meats i put on other income streams you yeah. know it's made it easier but if you're starting a niche gym or, or trying to get it going you, you need to work hours you know yeah. you're, we were the janitor we, we were everything so yeah and that's um that's one of the things i think you know, when, when you do like, eventually, like when you guys kind of got off the ground a little bit, like you, you guys scaled back a little bit or well, did you scale back? No. Oh, what from working as much? Yeah. Yeah. Just or because other things. Well, just, just because, well, yeah, because to get cash flow, And like when I did buy it, what happened was Pat sold it to a couple. They tried to change it. They ran it into the ground in a year. He sold it. He had about 500 members. When I figured out what I had, I had 187. So I, so I went after the volume, you know, the volume for, for price, low price, try to get people in the door volume. Mm -hmm. And that's how my business model was, was yes, less expensive, but get more members and go the volume way. Then now that over the years, you know, we've been able to move prices and prices. So we don't, so that's not, uh, uh, the case now and people find more of the value of it. Yeah. So that, that's your business model, you know, and that's a thing for other gym owners. You may have this grandiose idea and where you're going, but you're probably going to end up somewhere air, somewhere else where the gym's going to take you and you better be able and open to divert to other things or that, that can hurt you also. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. And, you know, kind of the same thing that we've been talking about earlier with, you know, the niche gyms, the bodybuilding stuff, like that may be what you want, but in order to support that, you're going to have to go other avenues. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I see the same thing that people that they open, you know, sports facilities like for youth and that's, that's great. But then most of them realize like, well, number one, that's kind of seasonal. Mm -hmm. And like when the kids go back to school, like high school athletes, it's like, what do we do? And so, once, and once yeah. again, going back to COVID and inflation, how many parents can afford that now? Yeah. You know, and sending your kids, I'm sure you have the high schools there to have a lot more money, just mm -hmm. like we do here that the kids can afford it there. But how, how big is that niche? And how long can you tie those high school kids up? Because a coach might come in and say, no, I want to have all my kids here. And, and so that, that you're right. It can be difficult. Yeah. 
Yeah. So when it comes to the one-on-one that you guys have are, are starting to get back and the ones that like college. Well, we, ne- we never, we never stop one-on-ones. I okay. just, per, I just per se have, I per se have, uh, uh, done some things different myself mm-hmm. um, and that type of stuff. And I apologize. I got to shut this door. Can I? Yeah, I you're apologize? good. Yeah. No worries. Sorry about that. I always bring my dog to the gym too, and she wandered out. Um, And then, oh, the other niche I really hit that that I don't know about for you guys. I've gotten involved a lot with the fire stations, like all Mm -hmm. the the firemen come here, uh, uh, the ROTC guys and military guys, and uh, uh, quite a few police. Yeah. So so that's another group that's always good to get in. Can you pull to make sure the door shuts? You got to lift it. So, um, so, so that's kind of what I've also got involved with. Oh yeah, absolutely. And those are, those are good people to have around the gym as well. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And the thing is with us, Corvallis is a very, we only have about 5% minority in, in this area, just, mm-hmm. just the way it is. And you'll come into our gym and we, we love everyone. If you're a jerk, I'll ask you to leave, but you know, we have every national, you'll find more diversity in our gym probably than anywhere else. Oh, that's awesome. Which, which I feel also is good because how do I say this? you know, buddies will come with buddies and, and then yeah. you'll, you'll increase business there and everything else. Yeah. You know, so that's, that's the thing too. And, and I, I like it when people walk in that everyone knows they feel welcome. It's yes. Do we have meatheads here? Yes. But you know, we, we do have a diverse thing too, which I think is very important as well in gyms. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, that's a good point. Like you want everyone to feel welcome um, you know, no, no matter, you know, race, nationality, you know, and also, you know, their, their build as well. You know, one thing I've noticed is like the bodybuilders, the powerlifters, the ones that all the people that don't really go to the gym, the ones they think are judging them actually are not the ones at all. They're the ones that are looking you know, in the mirror at themselves. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That's what, that's what I tell people too. What, you know, are you going to go to a physician where he's done two or three shoulder surgeries, for example, or are you going to go to one that has some longevity and knows what they're doing? And, and I agree with you. All, mm-hmm. our, all our people are willing to help anyone, even my members. And yes, we're, yeah. we're very family oriented. Yeah. Yeah. But you're right. Um, you know, yeah, the, the bodybuilders and the power, they're, yeah, they're too busy, you know, worried about themselves, you know. Right, right. Like, and and they have, you know, I mean, there's insecurities there too. Like people don't, people oh, don't understand that and don't believe it, but they're there bigger than your average person. Yes, yes, that I agree with 100%. So we are, we're coming up towards the end of our time on the podcast, so. I probably went different. I probably went different directions than you were planning, though. No, no, I I like it to go just wherever it goes, really, you know. So we, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was good conversation. 
Now, one thing I like to ask is like in a year from now, where, what does growth look like for you guys? Like, where do you want to be at in a year? Um, we're, we're going, I'm starting to push because I have some top elite power lifters here, like, you know, top of the game that I have lots of kids with world records, national records. Uh, I have one kid that's just going to blow some world records out at 198 or coming up at worlds. And so we're going to go, even though I think it's very difficult for online programming for powerlifting mm -hmm. and, and things like that. Cause powerlifters, you know how it is. You can't do it alone. You've got to have a team, especially if you've got some guys wearing suits and everything else and, you know, spotter loaders and everything. And you don't know how one day your guy might walk into the gym and feel great. And we may push something in the next, he might've had an argument or her with his wife coming in, their head's not there. And you just say, you know, we need to take the day off. Mm -hmm. So powerlifting, yes, you could watch the videos and everything, which I agree and get them stronger, but, but, um, I don't think people get the same value for it, mm -hmm. but it's the huge big niche now. And I see people online doing two, three meets and what they're charging. And I feel they really don't know what they're doing. And yeah. so that's our new thing where we're building a whole new website right now. We're going to launch it. I'm going to do a lot of uh, uh, Instagram and and all kinds of Instagram and uh, uh, Facebook you mm -hmm. know, last, and they yeah. aren't as expensive as people think, you know, mm -hmm. is it some money? Yes. But, you know, if you get 1%, which is the average, and you put out 60,000 of them, you mm -hmm. know, a month or 30,000, which I'm starting with, you know, that that's, that's a good number. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. Well, good stuff, Peter. Well, man, thank you again for being on the podcast. Um, I hope you had a, a good time on here and I oh, yeah. enjoyed discussing it with you, man. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And for our audience out there, if you found value from this podcast, please click the subscribe button. And if you're a gym owner and you want to be featured in the podcast, click the link in the description, apply to be a guest. Until next time, Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. We talk to gym owners who are in the trenches, doing work, changing lives in their area. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guest, owner of Amped Advantage in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, Kaylin Stranko. How are you doing today? I'm great. Thank you. Uh, you are very welcome. I'm excited to have you on, excited to hear about you and about Amped Advantage. So let's just roll into it. Tell us what 
uh, Amped Advantage is all about your business model, uh, unique niche that you have in the marketplace, and we'll roll from there. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me. I'm very excited to educate people first off on our concept and kind of tell people about this new technology that's really changing the foundation of personal training. Now, what we do in Calgary is one-on-one -on -one electric muscle stimulation, personal training. Now, what that means is we pair voluntary training. So this would be custom personal training programs, exercise selection, all that kind of stuff with the involuntary electronic component. What that means is we apply our system manufactured by XBody Canada to each client to maximize their results. Now, as a personal trainer, this is amazing because we can bypass all of our clients, let's say, shortfalls or downfalls. Let's say if they have weakly connected muscles or if they don't know how to use a muscle or if they have an injury that doesn't allow them to use their muscle, we can bypass all of that and connect it for them anyways. Now, as an entrepreneur, applying this to people is, <laughs> is a bigger job. Now, we have to make sure that one, everyone stays safe. Two, we educate people on what's actually happening and three, that we are using it in a, the right way to make sure that we're actually seeing results for people. So all of that <laughs> together is kind of what our business concept is. And we've been building it for about five years out of Calgary. Got it. Got it. So let's go back there to 2015, roughly, when you, when you started the business, um, or maybe a little before that. Uh, what was your background? What drew you um, to the technology, to the EMS, to you know the XBody product? Uh, what made you feel like this was the the business you wanted to go in? Give us a little background on that. So in 2015, I was working out of Good Life Fitness on Stephen Avenue in Calgary. Uh, absolutely loving my job. I really loved working with Good Life, and I think it was a really great place to get a start. Um, I heard about the technology from a family member whose personal trainer, kind of a crazy story, also trains the governor of Austria when he's in Toronto. Um, he told the personal trainer about the technology. She flew to Hungary where it's manufactured, tried it herself, bought a device, and now she is the Canadian ambassador or representative for the XBody brand. Now, my aunt found out about it told me about it. I flew to Toronto from Calgary, tried a workout with, her name is Agnes, the um, Canadian ambassador. Um, and within a week, we were sold. We flew to Hungary, bought our first device, quit my job a good life, and haven't looked back. Um, what made us decide to go with XBody over all other brand options was basically when we had tried it in the beginning, we were blown away in terms of safety, predictability, customizability, um, predictable feel, and just the way that it makes you feel. Like I have never in my entire training life felt my muscles work so hard in such a controlled way ever before. And some of the other brands that we had tried were sharp and stingy, and some of them didn't even work. So we had just decided to go with I will say the more expensive brand, but one that really is very polished, very consistent, and we just, we love it. 
and yeah, have a look back. <laughs> so you get introduced to the technology and then you didn't just jump with the first version of it. You actually tried several different manufacturers, different implementations of it, chose the one that you thought was the best, which also happened to be the most expensive, which in a lot of instances, you hope that they go hand in hand, right? Premium price or premium product. Um, so at the time when you started the business, I know you have a partner now. Did you start the business with a partner? Yes, but he wasn't active in the business in the beginning. He was more kind of back end, kind of, what is it? A, um, like an angel investor, I think they okay. called them at that point, um, where he basically just kind of helped us get off the ground. And then he jumped in. So he quit all his other jobs and now he's, he's in with both feet. Um, he jumped in about two and a half years in. Got it. Okay. So he's been with you or you, you've been together in the business since the get go, but he's, he's, as it's grown, he's taken a more active role. And now um, you serve your co-owners, your head trainer, he's general manager. That's the kind of labor split right now. Yeah. Um, and the reason we did it that way is just because, because EMS, the application of, of whole body EMS, let's say, um, versus, you know, a Dr. Ho or a physiotherapist doing um, TENS machines, um, the whole body EMS kind of concept is still very new, especially in Canada. So we had to really learn how to build the business first. So we had to learn how to sell it to people, how to educate people and how to use it and how to apply it to people before we could even start to grow at all. So learning how to use the technology for somebody other than just on ourselves, you know, maybe somebody who's never worked out before was, you know, the first year of our business. Then let's say year two, we hired our first actual trainer and then started learning how to coach them on how to coach other people. Because when XBody builds their training institute it's basically like buying a treadmill they'll show you how to use it and that's it then everything after that is is your your style and your learning and your application so we had to find a way that we wanted to use it and kind of publish that before we could you know grow in any way whatsoever or even open our doors to the public got it so a lot of it has been developing your own protocols, your own training methods, the way that you want to implement it. It's just, you know, for simplistic terms, you know, you, you likened it to a treadmill, but even more simply, it, it could be as, you know, like a tool as simple as a hammer, right? You can, you can do a lot of things with a hammer, but you have to figure out the way that you're going to wield it and then teach other people. So, um, mm. so you've developed that protocol. So, um, along the way, like, were you the, the sole trainer for a long time when you got into it? How, how has your staffing progressed? Yeah. So for the first two years, um, it was basically just me and I had a client roster of about 40 clients, um, on and off training once or twice a week. Cause that's the most that you can come in. Um, and over the course of that two years, you know, we really learned a lot about the technology. We learned first and foremost that it's not for everyone. And you know, the application gives us a lot of, of different benefits that maybe we don't even go directly for in the beginning. 
Then after that two year, we hired our first trainer. Um, his name was Mark and he was a rock star. He absolutely crushed it, loved it, was diehard about the technology. Um, unfortunately, we didn't grow fast enough for him to have a full schedule in the beginning. Again, because it's so new, people pass it off as a, you know, a, a trend or um, something that's not going to stick around. So Mark was with us for probably a year. Um, and he moved to Vancouver to become an actor. Totally okay with that. Then we hired two more trainers and they took off. They have been both super busy for about three years now. And it's amazing. Like they love their clients. We've got people who've been with us for three to five years now consistently. Um, the onboarding for them took probably six months. But after that, it's smooth sailing for them. They work when they want. They communicate with their clients. They plan their own vacations as long as their clients are happy we're happy and it's it's a wonderful relationship that we have with our trainers now after about five years we have five trainers which is exciting um and same thing just you know it's very easy to build your roster the technology sells itself um, when it's used properly all right so let's come to where you are now in the business um what do you do now that you have a solid handle trainer roster you know how to explain uh, the business the technology to people uh, once you get them you know in front of you how do you get people interested what do you do as far as marketing advertising um, to get people to raise their hand and say hey i want to try this i think it's what i need for my fitness and wellness goals um, so our entire marketing strategy has been around education-based marketing. Um, again, just because we have to kind of justify the legitimacy of the technology before someone will even consider coming to us, we have to make sure that we're teaching them what they can expect before they even get into the suit. So our first appointment with people, um, to kind of jump past the marketing into when we actually get them, our first appointment with people is a 90 minute consultation. And the first 60 minutes of that is basically just a Q&A. So we talk a lot about the expectations, the post-workout feel, nutrition, how to increase your caloric intake on workout days with us, things like that. Um, we also talk about, you know, kind of how to communicate with it. So a lot of our strategy for people coming to us specifically is that we will take the extra time to make sure that you know how to communicate that feel. So let's say, for example, in conventional training, if you're lifting a weight and you can do a thousand reps and there's no problem, you know, you probably need to go up, right? You're going to increase that weight, maybe decrease your reps until you find that perfect balance of strain and capability with the impulse. It's a fine balance between where the muscle is too high that you can't even move through it. It's basically holding that muscle so tight. So your client has to know where that line is. And building that communication to say, okay, are you, are your muscles too high or is there too much stimulation happening that you can't move through or can the muscle handle more? Developing that communication takes about five sessions in total, but we start working from that right off the hop. Our first communication with any new client is always about, okay, let's learn to communicate about the way that we're feeling when we're in the suit. 
So that marketing, that education-based marketing is basically teaching people, okay, these are the benefits that you can expect when you use it properly in a regular schedule. Because everyone thinks it's a quick fix, but it's really not, right? It's a quick fix for activating muscles, but it's still just like any other personal training. You have to do it consistently to see results. Got it. So when you position this, um, you say you do education-based marketing. So for you, does that look like social media, um, you know, posts or advertisements or things like that, that are just about the benefits of EMS, uh, about how you can save time and be efficient or um, how do you position that? What's the hook that gets people interested in wanting to find out about the EMS? Well, I mean, our easiest hook is that one 40 minute workout work burns about 4,000 calories over the course of two days, which is incredible. Um, just because of the intensity in the muscle and how much strain and how much muscle breakdown you get, your body has to work really hard to rebuild that. So you burn about 4,000 calories. Now we use social media like Instagram, TikTok, uh, Twitter, all those kinds of things, um, just so that we can have, you know, some sort of content, usually with a visual, obviously Twitter, not so much. Um, but we are all just about highlighting the benefits and trying to get people to kind of see the value before they reach out to us you know we post videos of people in the suits people doing the exercises that we like to do on a regular basis um, reviews testimonials all those kinds of things before and afters are great um, all of that kind of stuff just kind of you know shows people like hey we're a legitimate fitness technology and we're really here to stay so if you haven't tried it yet come on in because prices are probably going to go up <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so you position it as here's what we do and then work backwards from the interest as far as not as many people um, are finding you and saying, you know, hey, Kaylin, like I'm interested in losing weight, um, but I'm super busy and I don't really know what I'm doing and I don't want to learn a skill. And then you tell them, well, this is how we can help. It, it's usually the reverse of that where people say, I've seen your, your technology. I've seen your videos. I think this is a good fit for me. And then it's just more education from there. Yeah. It's usually one or the other. It's normally people saying, Hey, I've tried everything and I'm, you know, I'm either still in pain or I'm still severely overweight, or it's just whatever I'm doing is not working. Could this be something to help? Or it's, Oh, I've heard of this before. Can I come in? Or I've, oh, I've been told about this from somebody or a referral or word of mouth or, you know, something where they are actively seeking us because they've heard its value from something else. Got and it. we're the ones in the city, right? We're kind of, you know, the leading practitioners uh, in Calgary. We were also the first studio in Western Canada to have the tech, which is pretty cool. Um, but yeah, it's usually one or the other. Okay, so one of the things you mentioned was uh, pricing, and that's that's something that I want to spend a little bit on to figure out, um, I think, especially for the listeners, where you fit in the market. So are your sessions priced closer to what a, you know, an area regular one-on-one -on -one personal trainer would be? Is it more priced towards semi-private or group sessions? How do you figure out the pricing model for that? 
So we are on kind of a, uh, let's call it a pricing structure that encourages people to try it. So we are pretty underpriced with the global standard for EMS because obviously the pandemic has kind of slowed everything down a little bit, but the way that we see it, we want to limit all barriers to entry. So if finances are an issue for somebody uh, right off the hop, they're not going to come in because they don't know if the concept is proven or not, right? Like they haven't felt it yet. They don't trust in it. They don't know what it is. So they're not going to spend the money to come in. So we've priced ours closer to more kind of physiotherapy and chiropractor where it's, you know, about, let's say 55 to 75 an hour versus personal trainers, we can be upward of let's say 80 to 130 an hour. Now, the way that we've priced it um, and the way that we have to organize our consistency actually ends up being a lot cheaper for people because in, instead of paying, let's say $60 a session and coming in five times a week, you pay, let's say 65 a session and you only come in twice those two sessions will give you so much more in terms of results for muscle growth and hypertrophy than those five sessions. Um, and it's relatively similarly priced. Um, now I say that prices are going to go up because with increased demand, obviously, um, we have to make sure that our cover, our costs are covered and we're going to get a bit closer to that global standard of 85 per session, which is kind of what XBody expects practitioners to charge. Got it. So as demand increases, uh, one of the things that we, we talked about before we got on the air was it's a high capacity model, right? You have a roughly 1600 square foot studio. Um, and then I think what you said was between your two devices that would give you the capacity potentially to, to have anywhere from, you know, two to 12 people in the studio at once. Mm -hmm. So with that, um, and the sessions are short, they're 20 minutes, correct? Yeah. yeah we give everyone an hour just for suit up time, suit down time. And 90% of our clients are very chatty. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> Thanks for the most trainers are too, or else, you know, we yeah. wouldn't be here right now. Um, yeah, exactly. So in your space, in that footprint, because I think that's something that would be attractive to a lot of people. Um, what's, do you have a theoretical capacity of how many people you could reasonably serve in that before you had to start looking at, you know, expansion or other locations? So we're actually uh, consistently looking for other locations for expansion because our, um, our ceiling for sessions per day, uh, we're probably at 80% of our max at this moment in time. Now, because you can only have up to six people on one device, but if you, let's say you're doing small group training with COVID, obviously in the pandemic, you have to make sure that everyone's properly spaced. In our space right now, we're not able to properly space everybody six feet apart or whatever, obviously the, the restrictions are in this moment in time. Mm -hmm. um, but so we do about two people per side max, and they have to be from the same household. So right now our capacity is about, at its most is about four people per hour for let's say 12 sessions per day. Got it. So the turnover is pretty high, especially because each one of those people only has to come in twice a week. 
So that one person who's paying potentially upwards of, let's say, $500 a month to train with EMS only has to come in eight times per month. Yeah. So it's a very, it's an efficient model. And the, the only, the really the biggest limiting factor right now for you is whatever the COVID restriction du jour is based on, based on whoever woke up on what side of the bed, it seems, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So you have, um, you know, a proven, a proven concept. It's working, you're growing, as you said, you're always on the lookout for, for real estate. And I'm sure, you know, like any, any growing, thriving city, I'm sure real estate is not an easy thing to find, um, in Calgary where you'd want to be, right? So you, you cater to, you're a, a downtown location. Yeah. We're right on 17th Avenue, uh, in Calgary. Yeah. So it's always going to be, uh, high demand, high dollar per square meter, uh, or yes, you, you I guess, um, Canadian, right? Square meter, um, square, square feet, whatever. Uh, it all depends. I feel like it gets mixed back and forth. Um, so you have those things, uh, but but it continues to grow. And um, you know, what does twenty twenty two look like for you? I don't want to go super far term. Um, so just what you can see with twenty twenty two about about to hit. Um, what does that look like for you? What are your plans? What are your big goals just for the year? Oh, I'm so excited for 2022. Obviously, I don't want to jinx it because that's just the way things are these days. But we have been really building towards some cool stuff. Um, Again, our kind of education-based marketing series, I feel, is really finely tuned these days. Um, And our influx of clients is very, very consistent in terms of flow. So like I said, kind of building our concept has been really challenging because we don't, you know, it was kind of like jump off a cliff and building wings as you fall right it's a new concept nobody's done it before in Canada Um, we have to figure out the up and down ins and outs everything about this tech while we're building our company now in 2022 um, we have plans to actually expand into a couple of privately owned clubs Um, So these are clubs that are, they are super established, have been around in a really long time and are looking for kind of a a competitive edge. And they've actually reached out to us to bring EMS mobile training into their, their place of, you know, their gyms or yoga studios or whatever it is to offer their members something a little bit more unique. Um, So we've got a few different places that we're going to, going to kind of work that deal with. Um, also we've got a couple of new trainers getting started, which is basically just more turnover for us, for clients and gives us access to new groups of people who haven't heard about the technology yet. So every time, you know, we bring somebody new in and teach them how to use the technology kind of opens up this new stream of people who we can educate about it, you know, and the more people hear about it, the more they see, you know, how beneficial it can be. And then the word of mouth spreads like wildfire. (laughs) So I'm hoping that that kind of, you know, those new trainers are going to take us over the edge and get us to that hundred percent capacity so that we can really move into our new space soon. Awesome. So the the future is bright for sure. Very bright, very exciting. It sounds like a, a lot of things are rolling. There are a lot of things that are in place or about to be in place. Um, I know we said education is, is something that you're always going to be up against as far as the trainers and the clients. Any other any other hurdles, anything else that you think 
um, you need to get past in order to take that next step? Um, well, just like anything, um, we have to make sure that we're doing, you know, kind of making these strides and making these steps in a really responsible, reasonable way. You know, we don't want to be consumed by our overhead if we're going through another series of lockdowns or we don't, we just want to make sure that the, the demand is just as high for us to take that comfortable, confident step forward that we want to take. Um, we also are kind of playing with a couple of ideas in terms of um, offering multiple services out of the same location, because right now we only offer EMS training. Uh, we do a couple of mobility sessions, nutritional counseling, that kind of thing as well. But with the technology, the amount of damage that you do to the muscle is so high that you have to have some way to, to help people recover as well. So we're looking into like cryotherapy potentially is coming in or fascial stretch therapy or whatever that may be, because our biggest right now barrier to client success is that they don't do enough, let's say, stretching or massage on their own. So we kind of have to find a way to force people to do it so that we can move forward with their training. Instead of just doing damage on damage, they have to make sure that their recovery is valued. And that's kind of the biggest issue that we're having with our clients seeing results. You know, they can't expect to just get their muscles destroyed and then go sit on a couch or at a desk until their next session. You know, you have to be a little bit more active in your recovery. And I feel like that's our biggest barrier right now in terms of each person doing what they need to do to see results. Got it. The, uh, the other thing that I think plays into recovery and, and something that we've touched on a little bit is the nutritional side of things where uh, you're advising your clients to, to have an increased caloric intake, uh, especially on, on you know, session days or around those. So um, it's, it's a strange thing in the world of fitness that sometimes it can be just as hard to get people to eat enough as it is to get people to not eat too much. So do you get into anything as far as nutritional coaching, supplementation, so people can get those extra cal calories, anything like that as a service or offering that you have or want to add on to what you're already doing? Yeah, so um, myself uh, and two of our other trainers are all uh, nutrition certified. So we create custom macro programs for our clients to help them obviously make sure that they're getting enough in, in the day. Um, our non-nutrition certified clients use kind of general accountability checklists and daily habit trackers to make sure that people are eating enough, drinking enough, stretching enough. Um, we encourage meditation, um, proper sleep hygiene, all that kind of stuff. Again, because we have more time in the week to value our recovery and to actively recover, we have to make sure that those habits are set and solid in stone. Um, for long-term EMS training. So, you know, let's say we have a new client coming in, they're eating way under what they should be. We have to focus on nutrition first before we can start, let's say, crushing them in each workout and destroying their muscles. Because if they're not eating properly, the muscle is not going to grow and their metabolism is going to slow down. And that's the opposite of what we want, right? We have to eat to grow, to change our body composition and our met metabolism. Does that help? Does that answer your question? Sorry, I feel like I no, no, absolutely. So it, it answered part of it anyway. So you're giving the coaching on the nutrition side, but um, if I'm understanding right, you're not 
partnered with or or providing anything like meal services or nutritional supplements or anything like that right now? No, not yet. And I mean, we're not in our flagship location yet. Um, we're still in what we would call a pop-up. Um, we had our plans to move into our flagship location two years ago, <laughs> but COVID slowed all of that down. Um, so right now, you know, we're still in the space that we started in where we were, you know, really solidifying our use of the technology. So in that 1600 square feet, we actually don't have room to bring in retail or supplementation or anything like that. Now we do have, um, you know, kind of energy tea to give to people after and pre-mixed protein shakes for post-workout. But that's just because our clients, again, they're not giving themselves the proper, you know, preparation for nutrition for our sessions. So we just make sure like, okay, take one of these, drink it immediately. And I'll see you in, in three days. <laughs> but yeah, so our plans in the future are to have a full supplementation, um, smoothie and salad bar, post-workout meals, the whole kit and caboodle. Got it. Okay. So there definitely are just more and more big things in the work. So cool to hear. So we are nearing the end of our time together here, but um, I want to ask you something that's more strategic or more based on your journey, your entrepreneurial uh, evolution. Um, and really, it's it's kind of a time machine question. So you've been uh, open for five plus years. You've been in the business for longer than that or in fitness for longer than that. So if you did have a time machine or a magic wand or whatever metaphor you want to use, if you could go back and choose, you know, one lesson or or one one, one, one thing that you could tell yourself earlier on in your career that you think would be most helpful? What do you think it would be? Hmm. Well, I've learned a ton of really hard lessons over the last five to six years. Um, the first one that I try and remind myself of all the time is that you can't please everyone. Not everybody is going to be in love with your concept or they're not going to feel like they're your space is one that they should go to. And it's nothing against, you know, myself or whoever is listening. Um, and you have to just know, like, you know, trust in what your knowledge is, trust in your product, trust in what you've created and just, you know, move forward, believe in things and make sure that you're not putting yourself down because of something that somebody else might say about it or somebody else's opinion about what you have going on, especially with a niche concept like EMS where maybe everyone doesn't love it. Maybe their first experience wasn't super great, but just know that your concept is strong. Your technology is amazing. And you're really, you know, what you're doing is awesome. <laughs> Fantastic. Well said. So last question before we uh, get towards setting you free here, if anybody's out there listening and they want to, you know, reach out to you, ask questions about the technology, about, how you've adopted it. Somebody who knows somebody could be in the Calgary area and they just want to reach out to uh, potentially become a client or, or a trainer with you. Where can people find you online? Uh, well, we're on Instagram, uh, mostly Facebook. Um, our website is ampedadvantage.com. Our Instagram is at ampedadvantage um, or our just general information account would be info at ampedadvantage.com. Cool, cool. So ampedadvantage.com and then the, the Facebook and Instagram links are all there on the page too. So check out uh, Kaylin, check out Amped Advantage. And Kaylin, uh, that's about all we have for today. I thank you for being on. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. You are very welcome. And to everybody out there, 
as always, we appreciate your time. We thank you for spending part of your day with us. We hope you found value in this episode. If you'd like to hear more, click the subscribe button. We'll notify you when new episodes drop. If you'd like to be on the show, click the link in the description. Someone from the team will get in touch with you as soon as you fill out that form. And to everybody out there in Jim Lords Nation, keep working hard, keep changing lives, keep kicking ass. Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.